Hello, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we explore the local arts culture and community in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll discuss all types of mediums with the goal of enriching local arts culture. Welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Elise. And thanks for tuning in. Elizabeth, we have not talked in a while about you being a singer, songwriter, and guitarist. What are you currently working on? Uh, well, currently I'm working on writing a song based on life experiences through adoption, uh, which has been a really interesting and unique experience, along with having some volunteer work, uh, being a musical instructor for a youth band. Very cool. Are you teaching instrumental music, singing or guitar, or just like how they can work collaboratively as a band? More so collaboratively as a band. Okay. They haven't worked together before, so it's really interesting. But also teaching them how do you use an inner ear and how do you how are you able to listen to that mm-hmm. and hearing yourself and how it feels to hear others like directly in your ear as you're playing yeah. and singing and how difficult that is. We're working on the basics first. Nice. And then we're going to work towards them working together as an actual band collaboratively. Nice. I had an an orchestra director in high school that would always say that you need to practice like listening across the orchestra. So same kind of concept. Like when you're playing by yourself, you can Mm -hmm. listen to yourself. But when you're playing with others, you really have to be conscious of them and the people around you. Oh, yeah. You got to stay on pace together and just being able to see what sounds good together, especially with this, whoever we have singing as a vocalist. Hmm. Them working with the specific band as well affects them based on the key that they want to sing in and sure. determining that. They don't know how to do that quite yet. So we're going to work on all of those things together and instrumental work. We'll work on that as we continue to move forward. But it's been pretty pretty fun so far. So Very nice. Glad to yeah. hear it. What have you been working on recently? So my highlight of the last couple weeks was uh, Godfrey Daniels, a local listening room yes. uh, locally here in the Lehigh Valley, located on 4th Street here in Southside Bethlehem. Um, they had their opening weekend after being closed for the last year. It was absolutely wonderful. And I got to sit in and volunteer for them. Um, I love volunteering there because I love listening to the shows. (laughs) There were some great bands coming through. So definitely check them out to see what they have going on. But I also wanted to share that if you are interested in volunteering with Godfrey Daniels, you can head over to their website. It's godfreydaniels.org slash volunteer hyphen opportunities. Speaking of volunteer opportunities, Elise, you were recently recognized for your work in the art community around the Lehigh Valley by Fig Magazine, correct? I was. I want to take this opportunity to give a shout out to Fig Magazine's new director, Kate Hughes. Thank you so much for featuring me. It was a huge honor and it is now out everywhere. You can find the magazine, their fall 2021 arts and culture issue. It's filled with an amazing bunch of artists. The cover is way cool. So definitely go check it out. They do a great job. We had two members from Allentown-based band Reservoir Hill in the studio today that had a great conversation with Ben. Here's Elise with their bio. Reservoir Hill is an original Americana rock band co-founded by friends Dylan Flaherty and Brad Kramer. The band currently comprises of Brad Kramer on lead vocals, Tommy Pogash on bass, Dylan Flaherty on lead guitar, and Charles Kixka on drums. Formed in the winter of 2018, the band draws on their many influences to bring forth a diverse-sounding collection of songs that show many sides to their personality. Influenced by bands like Zach Brown Band, Chris Stapleton, U2, The Allman Brothers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, The Black Keys, and many more. 
They aim to produce lyrically driven, diverse, and catchy originals with a wide variety of covers performed in their unique style. After partnering with Lehigh Valley producer Brian J. Anthony, the band released their self-titled debut EP, Reservoir Hill, in March of 2019. Their single, Boneyard, was later nominated for Best Single for the Lehigh Valley Music Awards. They have played all over the Lehigh Valley, adding new originals and drawing large crowds at venues like ArtsQuest. In August of 2021, the band released their first full album, Desperate Times, on all streaming platforms. Now the band looks to grow their audience online and in the Northeast region. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah. I want to have each of you guys introduce yourself individually first, just so our listeners know who they're talking to. So uh, I'm Brad Kramer. I'm the singer from Reservoir Hill. I'm uh, Dylan Flaherty. I am the guitar player. And then uh, obviously, I guess I should announce who's not here. Like, yeah, right? yeah, definitely. And then um, Tommy Pogash is our bass player and Charles Kiska is our drummer. So yeah, we met in um, in college. And I remember we, so we, we both studied bio at the time. Yeah. And we, uh, I, I started humming the lick to, um, are you familiar with Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah. Started humming the lick to Pride and Joy. And uh, he started coming with the bass line. And we just both looked at each other like, oh, you're into that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> and we just became fast friends from that. Sure. But at that time, yeah, I was I was already leaning towards more Southern rock kind of stuff at that time. Got it. And he was really into the metal stuff. So it took a few years before we reconvened. And I remember yeah. randomly hitting him up and being like, hey, how's everything going? He goes, we started talking a little bit. And he goes, just so you know, like, you know, I've really got the itch to play and the stuff you were trying to do i'm into now so let's let's do it and that's kind of what reconnected it sure so. i uh off of our first ep the the song boneyard okay um i wrote that song and then i was like i think i got something here and i remember talking to dylan i was like you you gotta hear the song that i wrote and it was like instant like oh and then and then we resurrect some of the songs um like don't follow me. Mm-hmm. I was in other bands with him, but they were unsuccessful bands. And we played rendition of that in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of resurrected some of the old things, cut some of the bad lyrics, added some other stuff right. into its final form now. So it's like it's almost like it's been a work in progress for like a decade. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And over that time, we we've gotten better. I mean, that's the goal. Sure. You know, like we both individually gotten to a point where we're pretty confident about. Okay, we we still. We're always trying to improve. Yeah. But it's like, all right, we're not the same guys we were when we were 18. So it's like we can, we can, the things we're trying to do, we can do now. Yeah, for sure. It was like, I don't know how to do that. Now we kind of have a better grasp of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear about how you guys met. We were lab partners. Yeah. In um, in Kutztown University. And I think we got put together almost, there wasn't that many people in the class. It was random. And I remembered seeing you. Um, they had this like thing, everybody had to go, I was commuting. So I, I'm like, this is dumb, but they make you come and they make you stay overnight in yeah. this, in this dorm and build bonds or whatever. And I walk in, I remember seeing him kind of noodling on this guitar. Yeah. And so I remembered him and I'm like, oh, like, oh, he plays guitar. I play guitar. So, um, and then we were just randomly put together as lab partners. And we nice. both had a very similar sense of humor. So we just, you know, we were... I don't say class clowns in the program, but the, the professors <laughs> liked us because we would joke around. And, yeah. But uh, yeah, and we kind of, you know, we we tried playing together a few times, and uh, it didn't it didn't pan out initially. But then, like I said, we we reconvened after a few years, and I feel I feel like we were in 
a similar place at that point. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and then in terms of the other guys in the group, so there's Charles Kiss, who's our drummer, and Tommy Pogash is our bass player. Yeah. Um, I knew Charles, and uh, he filled in as a drummer from a previous band, and he was just such a he brings such levity to the situation. He's such a likable and funny guy. Yeah. And he was probably the most heavy-handed drummer I've ever, ever, ever played with. Where, you know, I would be like, dude, can you play a little quieter? Yeah, 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 sure. And it would still, like, shake the room. Like, he was just... And then, uh, so when we started the group, when we were like, you know what, let's play together this time. Yeah. I, I was really into Steely Dan at the time. So I was like, why don't we just be a duo and we'll just hire people to play our stuff? Because that's what they did. I watched this yeah. documentary. I'm like, I totally bought into that. And then I was like, uh, I know this guy who can play drums. And I said to Chuck, hey, listen, I got this guy who can really sing and we're trying to work on this project. Would you want to, you know, play with us and do this thing? And he's like, I'm not doing studio stuff. I'm either in a band or I'm not. And I was like, okay. So we came down. We, I think we played like three songs. Yeah. And it was the first time we looked at, me and Brad looked at each other. I'm like, okay, we're a trio now. Yeah. Like we just, it yeah. was the, it was such a perfect fit. Oh, that's awesome! And it was just like we just looked at each other, like this is the guy. Like, okay, we don't need another drummer. Totally. And I'm like, we're not a duo anymore. We're a trio yeah. now. And then Brad goes, he's like, you know, I got this guy down the road. I'm friends with named Tommy. Tommy, he plays bass. And I think it was like a week later, he came in, and uh, we played the same three songs. And then yep. we looked at each other, we're like, okay, we're a four piece now. It was, it was, <laughs> and I, I said this to just Tommy clicked. the other day. I was yeah. like. I literally said I was that was the first time I playing in all these different projects where I felt like I can just play guitar and everyone's good at what they do. Yeah. And I don't have to teach people a song. I don't have to tell people when to stop and start. Everyone knows what they're doing. And I was like, this it was the very first time I still it was like it felt right. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a rare yeah, feeling. Well, Brothers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So very fast too. Yeah. And you know, like he's known Tommy a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've known Tommy since 11th grade. Wow. So that's like 2005, 2006. Yeah. So, um, and, and we were in a metal band together. He played bass. I, I screamed. Um, <laughs> I didn't play guitar. Then I did, but I wasn't good enough because we had this like crazy metal guitarist. I couldn't keep up. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, and I knew him since then. And um, when he he dusted off his old bass that he was playing in our metal band, and hopped on when we were when we were starting this new one up, and it just clicked. And then Chuck, about I don't know, would you say maybe like a year later, he's had. We used to practice at my parents' house. They were gracious enough to let us practice in their basement. <laughs> and um, he's talking to my dad because Chuck loves to talk, right? Yeah, and uh, he's a salesman. <laughs> so he's talking, uh, talking about my dad and, and talking about his grandfather's garage. And my dad recognized the name. He's like, you mean this garage? And Chuck's like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's my mother's cousin. Oh, my gosh. So we're related. <laughs> it's like, what? Are, yeah, what are the odds of? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's like, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, it was a fast fit. It was, it was just, it felt right. And ever since then, you know, we've had people come in and come and go and uh but now we're kind of back to the point where we're four piece again mm. and it just feels right again it's just like yeah it's uh you know we're, we like to play with other people and bring people in but 
it's I feel like it's always gonna be yeah that but uh even our name our name started with uh Brad's parents' house yeah we were just I I think the hardest thing about playing in a band is starting a name sure because every band if you try and force a name it sucks and every good name's been taken yeah that's you know what fair. I mean and so it's like <laughs> and I I remember just saying oh, I think I was like I think we should just think of something that means something to us yeah, yeah. and then when when people hear our music, they'll identify with that name. Mm. And I don't remember who suggested it, but we're like, why not Reservoir Hill? And that that's the road I grew up on. And so that's where uh, my parents live. And that's where we practiced. Uh, okay. And, um, yeah. yeah, that's where we practiced. And it just, it sounded like, you know, we're doing this Southern rock, yeah. you know, country kind of band. And I'm like, that sounds, you know, pretty in line with what we're oh, trying yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. So... And then I, I remember the band, my brother used to listen to Cypress Hill. And I was like, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah. So I was like. And then we looked it up and we're only competing with this, I think it's a sitcom or a drama in Canada or something <laughs> like that called Reservoir Hill. So we're like, all right, it's a good name. So, so. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So going off of, we've established that both of you guys have similar music tastes. Mm -hmm. How do your music tastes go along with the rest of the band members? So Chuck's weird because sometimes he likes the same stuff. But then sometimes he's like, I can't stand that. He's he's like he's like really like if you heard his playlist, you'd expect to see him with like a mullet in a t-top like Camaro. Yeah. He likes Brian Johnson. He likes like uh, oldies. Like just that's where he's pretty much focused. Um, and then uh, no, I I would disagree with that because I I think he's got he surprises me with some of the stuff he pulls out. Like he you know he's got a pretty eclectic. Oh yeah, he likes a lot of '80s yeah. music, and he'll and then he'll listen to you know he likes the hard rock stuff. He listens to metal. He listens, yeah. to, but like he he's a big Brian Adams fan, hmm. massive Brian Adams fan. Yeah, and so you know everyone everyone covers Summer '69, sure. and and he goes, Nah, I think we should do Run to You, and I I and I like Brian Adams, and I don't even know the song, and I pulled it up. <laughs> I'm like, this is a kick ass song. And oh then, yeah, so he. Uh, he pulls out of his hat some really interesting choices for covers yeah. that I'm like, initially I'm like, wait, what? And then I'll look it up and I'm like, wow, this actually is insanely popular. And then, oh, you know, I never goodness. even heard of it, but yeah, Tommy, Tom metal country. Yeah. And he's really getting into pop music lately. Like he okay. like, likes a lot of modern stuff too, but, sure. yeah, but he's more on the mainstream country that, that he, as far as the country that he likes, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not a humongous fan of that. And so we clash there sometimes. He's like, I want to cover Kenny Chesney. Meanwhile, we're over here listening to like Coulter Wall and stuff like that. And I, I think he's starting to come around to some of the the more it's I, I like to call it like a revival, country revival. Sure. You know, with the like Coulter Wall and Sturgill Simpson, Tyler yeah. Childers, all of them. That, that's got that old soul kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's almost become like alternative country. Very cool. And that's kind of the direction we're starting to head into that we like – because a lot of the rock stuff, like, there's really no guitar in rock music today. Mm -hmm. Outside of bands like maybe the Foo Fighters or the Black Keys or yeah, some of that. Yeah. There's, there's not a ton of it. It's a lot of synth. It is a lot of synth. And I I like, like, 80s synth, all, you know, new wave kind of stuff. Sure. But really, the guitars have gone into country music. Yeah. And when you listen to, you know, you have the Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan stuff. But we're much more into the Tyler Childers and Jason Isbell and um, I mean Chris Ableton's in yeah. there and um, it's it's more raw. It, it's like they've taken the rock stuff that people liked and 
brought it over to the kid. That's that's where it went. Yeah. So that's kind of where we it they write about real stuff. Yeah. And you know that it, that grabbed me where I would listen to Tyler Childers and I'm like this this guy's songwriting is next level. Jason Isbell. I'm like this is he's not just writing about and there's nothing wrong with it, but those kind of platitudes that the pickup trucks the beer on the friday night kind of thing that's all fun and that there's a place for that yeah but they're also writing about stuff that's like more personal and i'm like that's the stuff i really like sure so that's kind of where we're headed in, yeah. in, in you know in the, the next phase of our yeah. stuff yeah yeah we, taking it back to the southern blues roots yeah 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 definitely yeah our next our next we we actually i think we might have enough or maybe just a couple more songs needed but we're we're about ready to start working on our next album. Wow, like even, that's exciting! And uh, this next one's a lot more rooted in country. Okay, yeah. So, um, probably gonna get some pedal stealing on there somewhere. Fiddle, a little harmonica. bit of banjo, but deep ba- down in the background. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, that's and that's the cool thing about the group is that you know, desperate times. You know, we just dropped this album, and it's but we've been playing some of these songs for. Uh, like what? Like a year and a half, testing them out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll oftentimes we'll, you know, we're at the point now where half of our our songs are originals mm-hmm. at this point. And one of the biggest feedbacks we've gotten everywhere we play is the originals. People really like the originals. They that's, like it. That's awesome. And that's I. You know, it might sound a little conceited, but I don't. Not a lot of people say that. And no, like, no, definitely not. And so we, since we started, that was always our biggest feedback. Hey, your covers are, they're okay. But the originals, that's really where guys are at. And we would yeah. often test new songs Yeah. to see, okay, like we have three songs here. What songs, what, what grabs the audience? And then those were kind of the ones, like, okay, like weed this one out, put that on the album. Cause it's, there's something that, like the audience is responding to that. Yeah. And that, a lot of the songs in desperate times, that's what it was. It was like. All the songs that the audience was like, that's, you know, we get the biggest applauses for, and then we would put that on the album. So. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's fun to like roll right into an original. Yeah. It's, you can see on, you can see the people in the crowd like enjoying it. And then mm. at the end be like, ah, I pulled a sneaky one on you. That's an original. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's such a great feeling. It is. To, oh, like, for sure. See people like loving your music. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. I want to talk about the album cover. It's really funny you say that. So my <laughs> wife actually painted that on on the uh, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube Music, whatever iTunes. That album cover is only part of the painting. Oh wow! It's the top half of the painting, and then if we were ever to put out an a, like a vinyl or a CD, the the back would be the bottom half of the painting. Very cool. And so she originally painted that. Um, it's kind of like hard times, corruption in the world. Like it's, it's, it's probably, I would say probably four by two and a half foot. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a large painting and she added all this stuff in there to, to like, when you get up real close, you can see it like ants carrying dollar bills and stuff like that. that's amazing. And so, um, I think Dylan was over and he saw it and he's like, oh, that's a really cool painting. And um, my wife, Sia, she's like, oh, you know, th- this is what it's about. And he's like, that's perfect for like desperate times. Mm-hmm. So he's like, can we can we use it as the, the cover? And it was just kind of was this perfect marriage between these yeah. two ideas. Yeah. Because the, the album was personifying, you know, all these different 
desperate times, you know, totally. as, as the title would say. Yeah. And the painting was personifying that too. The bottom half of the painting is actually, if you go to our Instagram, she took a beautiful photo of the painting and the bottom half is actually a flood with all of these things being washed away. And I was like, that is perfect for, but when I was kind of talking to Brad and we were designing the album cover, I was like, I can't get the whole thing on there. And I was like, but I, like we were talking about, if we made it a full vinyl, we would, we would uh, include that into the full yeah. vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I see that now. It's beautiful. And, and honestly, my, I always liked vinyl records because it, on its own, it's a piece of art. Like when you, when you open oh, it up. hundred percent. And I miss that. And we, we didn't want to do, I love Pink Floyd that every album covers yeah. this unique piece of art. And we didn't want to sure. do the traditional, let's stand against the wall and stare off in the distance. Band <laughs> folks, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, we wanted to, again, wanted to try and do something that would stood out. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, you can look at that and think you have your own perception of what that means. Totally. As opposed to like, you know, what we maybe initially intended it. So yeah. hmm. that's kind of our thing now. We want to make that. So have her regularly do our album covers and make yeah. unique pieces like that. So that's something that you guys are going to continue doing? I yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's I'm awesome. also an artist and I had some ideas mm -hmm. uh, to for possibly bringing some of, I, I had a pen and ink thing th th okay. in my mind. We'll see if it actually comes out, but, um, you know, it's just, we want to use all of our resources that sure. we can and also provide like this a unique experience to people, um, that come and listen to our music. So whether it's the artwork or yeah, the, obviously the music as well, but totally, you know, it's just like my best friend actually did our graphic arts on like to kind of line it up and give it that sleek look then. Yeah. And I just really miss being able to open up a CD and page through that mm -hmm. or like look at the albums. Totally. And, yep. Totally. So adding that little flair to it, I think makes it different. Yeah. I, I, there's a, one of my favorite bands is the band and, uh, their album cover music from big pink, which is like their big breakthrough album was drawn. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was drawn by Bob Dylan and wow. it's, it's, you know, Bob Dylan's no artist, but the idea that that came from them, yeah, it came definitely. from him. It was like, I always thought that was cool. And I'm also a big believer. Like I like having, we have like a team. So like we, you know, we have Brian's our producer, Brian Anthony, right? We have uh, Rory. Um, O'Donnell. Who's our videographer. He does all our videos. We have uh, multiple people who do photos for us. But we have, now we have Brad and his wife, Sia, who do our artwork. So it's like a team yeah. that's working on this. Not just the four guys in the group. Totally. So I, I, I always like that idea. That's like you know we're it's almost like a, almost like a family business. You know what I mean? It totally. kind of has that vibe to it. So totally. it's like, I always love that stuff. So Brad, what other mediums do you work in? Uh, so I do jewelry. So okay. I, do, I do wire wrapped jewelry as well as electroform jewelry. Um, I do paint flat, flat and miniature painting. Okay. Uh, so I need my nerd sneaking out a little bit here, <laughs> but uh, um, I do that as well. And then um, I, I work wood and leather. Very well. cool. So you're you're all over the place. Yeah, that's that's super cool. How do you think that affects your ability to think in in terms of music and maybe even taking it beyond beyond music? So I I was diagnosed with ADHD in college, mm. and um, part of that is the the hyper focus, hyperactivity. Like it, it's it's almost like a superpower, but it also has it has your kryptonite attached to it. You can hyper focus on something to the point sure. where it's almost almost 
you get a mastery of it that you've been working, like you've been working on it for years. But with that, I might do that and then set it down for like, I don't know, six months. Yeah. So it's like when it comes to writing music, um, when I'm on a train, it get I dive into it, but mm. sometimes it takes takes some time to foster that again. Sure. To get to get I don't know the the perfect conditions for me to pop out my next song. Yeah. Um, whereas Dylan's a songwriting machine. So. <laughs> well, when you when when you have something that you would like to express, how do you determine which art form you would like to express it through? I think it it really depends from situation to situation. Um. I work, I work a lot like in, in my, the jewelry. So I'll take, um, certain rocks that I, that have certain meanings. I mean, I'm not into the mes- metaphysical thing, but I like to com- combine them together to kind of make a more meaningful sure. piece. Um, and then I'm, I'm huge on sustainability and quality products and things like that. Yeah. So I got into the leather, leather working more so to make my thing, make myself, the quality items that I wanted without having to buy them <laughs> basically because, sure. you know, I mean, you didn't have the money to do that. So, but I really, I want a wallet that's going to last me and I can give it to my grandkids. Yeah. So definitely. So, I mean, and then when it comes to like painting, um, it's really just random, random thoughts that would fruit into like a flat work or something like sure. that. Sure. Sure. It's so it's, I'm all over the place and it's, it's hard to like, to say what would drive me to doing one medium over another. Sure. Other than the fact that I might be more inclined to be working in this medium this week than next okay. week. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's more that, more that hyper-focus, whatever you think yeah. about in a given week that you're already working on, that's how you express it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you, did you make the piece that you're wearing right now? I did. I did. Yeah. This is very cool. This is a, I wear this all the time. It's a black bear claw that belonged to my grandfather. Oh my goodness. And uh, a piece of uh, Campito's turquoise and a Herkimer diamond. Wow. So, uh, That's he's beautiful. made me stuff and every year he'll he'll make me something for like my birthday or Christmas. Yeah. And I love I always say to him he, he is ever since I've known him. Yeah. Honestly one of the most artistically talented people I've ever met. Wow. And I've I you know like he can sing, he can play guitar, he can draw, he can he can craft. He's a handy guy. Mm. He's also a phenomenal with the grill. But it's like he's uh, <laughs> it's I'm not kidding. But he's uh, he's one of the most talented people I know. Yeah. But like he said, like you know, he tends to, you know, go from one thing to the next, and so sometimes I have to be like like reel him in and like you know get him back in because sure. when he is focused, it he picks things up super fast. Yeah, and it's like that's the kind of the the thing. It's like you know, okay, like reel that back in, and then and he just gets better and better and better every time. Totally. When he when he realigns back, like with writing, every song just okay goes up a notch. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause yeah. Because he's building off of the last thing he did. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, it, it, and it it's funny because like he's super talented, and then I see that even with Chuck. Chuck is same way, like very fast with picking up stuff. Yeah. You know, he's a good salesman. He's good at golf. He's good at uh um you know, he boxes. He's he's a good drummer. Like it's just like just everything he picks up. He's like, "Yeah, I feel like doing this." And he just like and his wife always she jokes I can't stand it cuz like he just <laughs> he's good at it and like makes it or makes her look bad cuz he picks up so quick. <laughs> and uh you know, it, it's just there's a lot of talent like that. It's just different. Sure. All everyone's different, you know? So it's like uh but he is honestly one of the most creative people I know. So it's like that's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Dylan's strength, like he's kind of like a visionary mm. when it like because he's got this idea of where the band should be, and sure. it's, it's you know it's aligned with the the ideals that we want as a band, and he's very good at placing the momentum in direction. Yeah. I think I think he knows where to give give the love and where to give give the the. Um, I'm a pain in the butt. Yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> but what the, my, my whole logic behind it is I'm never telling, you, you know, at my friends, I, I, and it's going to sound lame, but I genuinely want my friends to do well. Sure. And I never, cause some people will knock you cause they're jealous of you and they, they don't want you to do better than them. But it's like, I'm always looking at it like, Hey, you know what? Like you're really good at this, but that kind of sucked. So stop doing that. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because I want you to do better. Totally. And most people won't even say, they'll just go, yeah, yeah, it was all great. And then they'll just, you know, and then when they walk away, they'll go, oh, that wasn't, you know, what sure. I thought. Sure. So it's like, whenever I talk to them, and I'm even hard on myself, but it's only because I'm like, I see like, like with him, like I see, oh my, like I, I remember being in college and being like, this guy's singing metal. And I'm like, there's way more chicks who would listen to rock. And nothing against metal, but I was just like, dude, do you realize you could be the lead singer of a rock band? And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, but I like metal. And I'm like, I get that. But I'm like, and I just, I could see the potential. He was just jokingly singing. And I'm like, this guy can sing. This guy, like, I mean, he's really good. At, he was good at the screaming stuff too. Yeah. But I was like, this guy can sing. Why aren't you, you know what I mean? And I was like, I just saw that. And then once he started to do it, it was like, now everyone else can see it. Oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Totally. So, yeah, totally. just. That's, I feel like that you gotta be, you can be honest about being mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. I am, I'm very similar to you in that way. And I've worked with other people on projects that are similar to your spot. And I've noticed that, that perfectionism and that, that reining it in and, and really having a narrow focus helps to make the best of everyone, like you're saying. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that focusing as a group when everybody is so incredibly creative there may be a million ideas floating around that everybody wants to do, but yeah. it takes which five are we going to figure out the best way to mm -hmm. do? And yeah. Tommy's a lot yeah. like that. Tommy's our bass yeah. player. He's a very competitive guy, not in a bad way, but yeah. he's like, he wants to be good. Sure. And he's also, what I what I love about him is since he joined the band, I remember when he joined and I was like, this guy's a kick-ass bass player. And then he went with Brian and Brian Anthony. And Brian Anthony is, he's a producer, but by virtue of being a producer, he's got a, he's good at a lot of instruments. Mm. He can sing, phenomenal organ player, phenomenal bass player. He could play drums. He could, really good guitar player. And uh, he actually played some of the licks and some of the songs. And I was like, he's like, do you mind if I play some of these licks? I'm like, absolutely play it. I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, but, Tommy goes to Brian and recognizes this guy knows what he's doing. And Tom, Brian just gives him a little bit of instruction mm. and he immediately applies it. He's so good wow. at taking what you say to him and immediately working into sure. his, his skill. Sure. And if you look at the evolution of his play from when we started to now, it's night and day. Wow. He's gotten so much better. And he was already good, but he's gotten so much better in realizing this is what my role is. This is what I need to do. And he's also probably even more of a perfectionist than I am. So sometimes him and I will will butt heads a little bit, but for good reason, because we both want it to be good. Totally. 
It's and he he'll say like even with me where I'm like ah eh, that's okay it sounds alright he'll go no no that's getting off kilter hmm. and he's he's the kind of the whip in the sense in the band where he kind of knows like guys this is sounds sloppy this is a and he reels in even more and uh, but his uh, his ability to take information and apply it immediately and and is unparalleled I've seen I he's very few people I've seen do that and in a very short period of time he's gotten a lot better. As a musician because of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So oh, that's awesome. When it comes to playing live and shows that you like doing, what are a couple of your favorite spots to play locally? We used – so there's a spot that might be opening back up again. That was one of our favorite spots called the Linville Hotel. Okay. So that, that's – Nutripoli. Yeah. yeah. We we heard they're opening again. It seems like that's going to happen. So we're they closed because back. of COVID. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. We're excited to get back to them. People there are great. Like I, I play bagpipe too. Oh, and, very cool. And we would play the St. Patrick's Day party and I'd sneak it out and fire it up like in between our sets. Oh, that's I awesome. I swear the floor was going to fall out of that place. Mm-hmm. These people were stamping so hard. <laughs> yep. So great, great times there. Oh, man. That is, that is one of our, yeah, that's like we would say that's our home base. Like that would be the place. That's our like, okay, we're, let's go test some stuff out. Let's go to the Linville Hotel and play there. Sure. And, and I would say that's one. I have to tell you. Seven Sirens yeah. is is another one where we played all over Bethlehem and there's a lot of great spots in Bethlehem, but that place, the openness of the place, the atmosphere, the uh, the service there, totally. the food, the drinks, everything about that place, yeah. it was like, wow, this yeah. is, and it's a really good spot for us to do stripped down stuff. So we, 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 we're, we're breaking into more of taking our songs and going more acoustic with them. Hmm. But it's the the people there are looking for that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's a great place to play. So, yeah, that's the, uh, to me that's one of my favorite places that we've we've added. We're playing there in October, I think the twenty second. Yeah, to look at yep, that. that's it. And uh, that has become one of like I, I want to play there regularly. Sure. Yeah, it's an excellent place. Um, I'm Any, trying to think anything involved with Arts Quest. Yeah. 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 Because uh, the you know the people that we work with are great. Um, you know, we, we, we like putting on the shows for, for, you know, Bethlehem's beautiful down there. Oh, definitely. So it's, it's nice to, to play on a beautiful night. Yeah. In the shadow of steel stacks. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you guys played music fest too, right? Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. It was our first time this year Mm -hmm. and, uh, we're hoping to be back next year. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So it's kind of weird because you you think to yourself, like maybe things happen for a reason because we were supposed to play last year. Okay. And we were supposed to follow Willie Nelson. Oh my goodness! It was we were going to be like when people walk out from when we're yeah. going to be playing, yeah, which would have been great because that's very much the audience that you know you likes our stuff, right? Totally, totally. And it was a weird time, wasn't it? it was like eleven o'clock or nine o'clock? It was or... like ten to midnight oh or something gosh. like that. It was it was a late show, <laughs> very it was late. like the last the last one on the stage, sure. Um, but we would have gotten that Will and Nelson crowd because they would have been walking right that way to yep. go to their cars, yeah. Um, and then we were like, oh man, this sucks, you know, coronavirus, all this kind of stuff, right? We didn't know. I, I in the back of my mind, I had a feeling like Music Fest was going to happen somehow. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys were like, I don't know, I don't think it's going to work out. I don't, maybe they're, they're not going to do it. And once they got the email, and we we wound up playing leader plots, and what, what was it? it was six to eight thirty, and it was like it was a great slot. It was like six oh, thirty, eight thirty, and it was like. There was easily a thousand people there. Yeah, that's prime. Yeah. Oh my god! It was and it was the first Sunday, 
and in the shaded area. It was like it all came yeah. together perfectly. Totally. Oh totally. yeah. Yeah, you get the tourists and and the locals eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was like <laughs> probably six hundred people that stayed sitting in front of us. Yeah. For that, the entirety of that That's show. That's awesome. And not to mention the people that were hearing us from from the street, because. Um, where that's situated, you know, you got Main sure. Street behind you and everything. Sure. But that was, that was, so that was probably the best show we've ever played. Like yeah. as far as Up to crowd that point. energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Crowd yeah. energy. Um, you know, it was just great. Um, and then we also love playing um, at Univest in Quakertown. Yeah. It's just this huge stage. So it makes you, it makes you feel like, like you're, you're something. You know, because Definitely. yeah, like Trace Atkins played. There. Yeah, exactly, and and the Beach Boys, <laughs> the Beach Boys. Yeah, and so oh you're gosh. like you're on this huge stage. You got all this room to yeah. run around, and yeah. and you know you hire a sound guy, and they just blash out over this green sea of people, and yeah. it's just like, and that's a largely outdoor field, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, the outdoor stuff it, it has its it's a lot of fun. We just we just got done playing Forks Community Days. Okay. Uh, with our friends, the Stephanie Johnson band, and they invited us out to play with them. Yeah. And the outdoor stuff, I mean, it's so, you know, you can crank your amp. You don't have to worry about totally. being in a tiny room and, oh, everyone's got to turn down. You can, you know, blast yeah. it and you feel like a rock star. You're on stage and um, professional sound guys doing your stuff. And yeah. I always joke, like, uh, you know you made it when – you don't have to carry your own crap. You don't have to do your own sound. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's the biggest pain in the butt about, sure. about doing it. Yeah, you know? sure. And this this year we've only had to set up our own sound once. Yeah. So oh, right. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you guys do you guys own most of the equipment that you use to play live, or do you rent? No, yeah, we own. We, we own. We, it. Yeah, we have it. Um, it it would be suitable for a large room. Okay. Um, PA system with some floor monitors. Um, but we have a we have a guy that we work with, Dave. Narski. Yeah, he's he he has some nice stuff. That's yeah. awesome. And uh he he's been doing our our sound when it wasn't provided uh this year for a lot of different events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he make he's the guy that makes us sound good. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, he, and it you know, like I said, we talk about that team thing. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, man, like he's he does a great job, he's a great guy, and you know, it's like we'll keep using you. You know, like he's always good totally. to us, we're good to him. Totally. And it's like it's a good fit. You know, like I like that that kind of thing. So. Yeah, when you have a team that works together so well, there's no reason to break it up. Right. Yeah. Especially when it's like, like I said, you want each other to do well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's like, okay, like we're we're helping each other out here, so it's it's a yeah. good vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now you said something earlier that that I was interested um, to explore a little bit more, and you talked about stripping it down, stripping down some of your stuff to play it live. Is that something you do? For all live performances, or is that something you you pick and choose depending on the venue at? The venue, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a you know like acoustic set. So like Seven Sirens, for example, um, would be a more stripped down set. Though I think there would be space there to do a full band thing. I, I it gets really loud. Sure. <laughs> so when you strip it down and and you know Chuck might be on a box drum, and um, you know we're more guitar driven. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't necessarily play all the rip roar and solos that's going on during. Right. Okay, but it's it's a more mellow experience. Sure, sure. Because of the venue. Yeah. Now Lost when, Taverns like that too. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's another cool spot to play. But it's, you know, they a lot of these places got to deal with sound ordinance. Like totally. I always say that it's like a lot of these places. You can ask most musicians. Like every room is different because they're not built for music. Yeah. Yeah, and but I also like the idea of us stripping it down because it gives you a different experience. Sure, 
you know sure. so you're hearing the song in a different way I, I love when bands do that so yeah yeah and it keeps you guys sane too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely switching it up a little bit yeah, we played uh on wdiy yeah and we did our stripped down set for that so that, that worked really well for that as well because like we're in this room and, oh, and we're trying awesome. not to mm-hmm. blow the windows out right. totally <laughs> totally yeah so yeah but other than that i mean what i'm excited about too is like it's, we talked about going more we're like the next thing we're working on is going more rootsy western mm. country southern rock kind of. yeah and like i was just telling him before i'm i'm you know we're adding uh dobro so like a resonator we're adding fiddle we're adding pedal steel like i love when bands you know like you see you like it was like watching mtv unplugged back in the day like you it's yeah. this it's a different vibe and it's like i'm looking we were talking about it like you know you'd be able to get a whole new audience doing that as opposed to we have totally. our full band stuff that we can rock out but then you know totally. you you get in the people that maybe like the bluegrass kind of vibe you yeah know? so yeah one of my biggest uh you know hiccups and all that kind of stuff one of the big fears we have live is like our gear always faltering. sure sure and we were uh <laughs> Yeah, I, funny thing about Music Festival, when we played, um, I just had said we have this great guy playing with us named Aiden Berg, who's been playing piano with us, and he's um, he's going to Jersey to play with this uh, really, really good wedding band. And he played with us all summer, and he was a great guy, and, and I said to him right before we walked on stage, I'm like, you know, I'm ne-, he was like, you nervous? I'm like, no, nah, I don't really get nervous anymore, I just get nervous about my gear. And we go up, <laughs> we set up to play. And uh, I said, I don't, like, I don't. I, like, when, when we first started, yeah, you know, the very first time I ever played, I was sweating and my hands were shaking. I was, it was in, this is how bad it was. It was in English class. It's the first time I ever played a song. I was trying to impress some chick and uh, who remained nameless. And we, uh, <laughs> I played uh, a Dire Straits song. I played Romeo and Juliet. Oh, cheesy. And, oh, but it's a great, it's, a, it's one of the most perfect <laughs> songs I've ever written. And then, um, so I was shaking. And you go from that now, I'm like, I don't, I never, I don't, you don't like, we don't, I don't get nervous anymore. And it's like, you get a little bit of adrenaline before you go on, but once it kicks off, totally. you're good. Yeah. But then, uh, so I said that to him, I'm like, yeah, I only worry about my gear. And Brad's about to count us in. There's a thousand people in front of us. And, and he goes, one, two, three. And I went, whoop, and the thing just died. <laughs> and I just went white. Oh my I gosh. just like, I just, you, you could have, you know like blew me over i was just like i was ready to fall over i was so like it was oh the, it was gosh. probably a minute yeah it was probably a minute or two but it felt like an hour it felt like an eternity oh my and i'm like all of a sudden i just start sweating like it's yeah. like it's like oh my god yeah and the sound guy came up and and you know was able to rig the okay like i've been here done that they they that team that was over there was excellent and you know, whoop, swapped out the yep. cable, and we were good to go. Stage manager came, uh, redid the intros. Like, oh, that's awesome. We kicked it off. Perfect. And, and it was like, but it's like those are the things when you play live that like having a guy do your sound, having someone, it just takes all that stress totally. away. You know what I mean? Totally. And we we played um, we played at a golf course. We were down down in their club, and we were playing, and all of a sudden. PA start, stops working, and we could not figure out what was going. I think we were drawing too much power power from them. Okay, and it just would not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we ended up using our monitors as the our PA, PA system. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And, and yeah. we're just like, I was like, what the heck is going? on? And then we go back to our practice <laughs> spot, hook everything else up. Totally fine. fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's <laughs> of course. Yep. You know, and it, yeah, it's it's just that's the, that's the thing that you you uh, you only learn from doing it. Sure. 
You, there's no sure. blueprint. I, and that's the one thing, like playing in old bands, like when we went into this band, I was like, nope, I want that thing and this thing and this thing. And they were like, but this thing does this. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm all about convenience because sure. you, like, you just learn. Like, sure. It sounds stupid, but loading the van. You don't know how to properly load it until you do it. And then yeah, you, you don't realize or, or how many extra cables you need yep. or we need extra this so that you don't – it's only when the thing craps out on you and you've been relying on that your entire you know yeah. practice time. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what do we do now? <laughs> then you just make mental – so it's like all those growing pains just make sure. – it just – you only learn it from doing it. There's no blueprint for that. Definitely. Kind of stuff. So Luckily, knock on wood, you know. We haven't had an issue so bad we weren't able to perform. So yeah, that's, I think I'd probably good. just stand up on top of the bar with my guitar and yell really loud if we, if we like lost all <laughs> yeah. sound. It was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, what are what are your musical aspirations? You know, we talk about this a lot. We're all blue collar guys. We you yeah. know we we work. We have families. We're starting families. You know, and um, as a matter of fact, as is this recording, you know, our bass players, Tommy's soon expect his first child. Wow. So it's like, it's very exciting. And, yeah. you know, we love playing and, you know, I told him this when we started the group that music is so different than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. It used to be, you go on tour, you would try and get with a bigger band and go on tour and travel the country and, and garner an audience that way you don't really need to do that anymore and mm. i can't tell you how many friends i'm bands uh, i'm friends with people who are in bands who go on tour and come back broke <laughs> because it's yeah. it's not what it was you know leonard skinner opened for the who and that's how they got notoriety they, yeah. they you know okay they would take a chance in this band they get big yeah you don't need to do that anymore everything's at the palm of your fingers fingertips with cell phones and spotify you mm -hmm. know totally so it's like every every band i tried to start i'm like i you got to get into that you got to get on youtube you got to get on spotify and i was like we can be a completely independent band and run everything ourselves and publish everything ourselves yeah there was a band uh they're still playing they're called voice avenue and they do acoustic covers, yeah. but they do their own spin, and they they can control with analytics now. You can see where your audience is, who 100%. they are, and I'm like, instead of going aimlessly across the country, you could build an audience online and in your area, and go, hey, you know what? We got we got some fans in Kentucky, we got some fans in Tennessee, and you know, I don't know, Pennsylvania, right, right. Let's book a little tour. Let's do let's do two shows here, two shows there. Sell out tickets. We keep all our own money because we don't need a record label. Sure, we just market it ourselves, and you can build an audience and become an independent band. Yeah, with a decent following, and that's always been we've talked about being our goal. Is like we want to grow as an independent band. Sure, to the point where, hey, if we're able to make money and fund what we're doing and pay some bills and grow it that way. I, you know, that yeah. to me is like, that would be totally. the dream, you know? Totally. Yeah. What does that marketing and promotion look like for you guys not being with a label? It's you, a I lot mean, of, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. I could imagine. It's, we, we, we don't, we're not nearly as good as we could be mm -hmm. um, with that. And it's, it's hard, it's hard to get um, your stuff out there without spending money. Sure. Um, right. I have a friend that owns his own multimedia marketing company. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you know, how, how much is it going to cost, you know, could you, for us to like, for you to like push our stuff? Yeah. He's like, oh, we started $10,000 a week. And I'm like, 
yeah, ten thousand dollars a week. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going back to sharing stuff all over my Facebook. <laughs> like, no, it, it's, and it's and now it's, and now like it used to be hashtags work. Yeah, they don't really work anymore. Not like really. they they really want you to to pay for the ads and yeah. so we kind of have a system in place where we take a percentage of our money and invest it into mm. band stuff, ads, recording, sure. that kind of thing. Sure. And uh yeah, that's really the next frontier for us is where we're like, you know, we we play out, we do a good job, people like our songs. People who actually listen to the album. Yeah. We'll say, I like these songs from the album. They they genuinely like it. And I'm like, okay, then we need to get in front of more people. And so I, we've talked about this a lot. Like that's kind of the next thing on top of individually improving our sound and everything yeah. is marketing. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta in this world, you have, but you can do it yourself. Definitely. You can, you can put the money up yourself. Definitely. Labels, they, I mean, they're kind of dying now because it's like they were used to be a bank. That's what yeah. they would do. They yeah. Would, yeah. They were. Yeah, exactly. They give you money. You got to pay it back. And you hear stories of your favorite artists being like, we're broke. Because we, you know, we're yeah. paying back all this money to this thing and yeah. you don't need to do that. Yeah. So it makes it much. Yeah. It's tough in the sense that there's way more competition. There's, you know, but if you can cut through the mix a little bit mm. and put the work in, you you can cut through and create carve a niche, niche for, for yourself. Yeah. And get a good audience. So. Yeah, definitely. Just go. Do Content. You guys, do you guys sell vinyl or merch at all? We do sell merch. We yeah, sell T-shirts t right, right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to get some vinyl, but it's expensive to get in on. Their pressing is expensive. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So we're we're doing that. We're we're adding some T. Uh, we we so we actually, if you go to our our website reservoirhill.band, we uh you can see our logo. We just got this new logo. We redesigned our logo, made new shirts. So then you can either if you come to our shows, it's twenty bucks a shirt. That's really good. And. Uh, and we so them, we get them made locally too. Yeah, I yeah. forget I forget which uh, f like um, firm makes them. Yeah, but um, our drummers handling that, but they are made locally. Oh, mm -hmm. very cool. So support the community. Yeah, yeah. we're we're gonna be adding um, hats to that and that kind of stuff. But and then we're we're also setting up a kind of like online tip jar Patreon kind of okay. thing, where in the coming months we're gonna work to do that because you know. People, we get asked, like, you know, we have a Venmo, we have things at their shows and people are very generous and they'll, they'll go, you know, we like, there, there is a, Definitely. an audience out there who wants to support local artists. Totally. So totally. That's kind of the next thing we're going to add to that too. That's awesome. So. Yeah. Well, if people want to find each of you guys individually on social media, where can they find you at? So my Instagram is just at D Flaherty, F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y. And then our our of band Instagram is uh, Reservoir underscore Hill. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Reservoir Hill Band. Mm. Our YouTube, you could just type Reservoir yeah. Hill and Reservoir Hill Music and find that there. That's I'm awesome. Uh, Brad Kramer or Brad underscore Kramer underscore music on Instagram. Nice. And I'll post some solo stuff on there as well. Yeah. And then you guys have a, a show coming up. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah. And Seven Actually, Sirens, yeah. Seven Sirens. The twenty second of October, and then nice. we're also looking to play Bacon Fest, um, November the weekend of November sixth, I believe it is. Okay, so you can go to again, you can go to ReservoirHill.band, and you can see our tour dates on there, um, see our bio, and you can also see our videos. The links to all of our stuff is on on our stuff there, Spotify, awesome. etc. Yeah, 
Very exciting. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Brad and Dylan, thank you so much for coming on and repping Reservoir Hill on the show today. It was great to have you guys in and talk. Here's Casey with our opportunity for the week. Our opportunity for the week is Artoberfest Art in the Park Festival, which will be happening on Saturday, October 9th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., which will be happening at Musner Park, 22nd and Northampton Streets, Easton, PA. Forks Area Art Society's Artoberfest features art and fine crafts by talented area artists as well as Crayola Kids Corner and food vendors. The rain date will be October 10th, and for additional information, please visit the website www.forksart.org. Thanks for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, a Steel Pixel original series. Don't forget to like the podcast, leave us a review, and follow us on both social media and streaming services at Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. Covered by the warmth of her